Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Evening, ladies, gents, and cocktail connoisseurs. You've tuned into your favorite hour of the week, the Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Henry, your trusty cocktail compendium, forever grounded in the classics with an occasional twist. And who's that mixing up a storm over there? Why, it's none other than my brother, the man who treats cocktail recipes as mere suggestions, the conductor of the cocktail symphony, Ben Henry. If cocktails were music, he'd be the Mozart of margaritas, the Beethoven of Bloody Marys. So grab a drink, find a comfy seat, and prepare for a libation liberation. Welcome to another harmonious episode of the Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How you doing, Conductor? Me, 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 me. I'm doing pretty well. I, I, I like this. It's a continuation of last week when I was a maestro, because, you know, oftentimes you can, you call the conductor the, That's right. uh, yeah. the maestro. He's the maestro. Yes. He's, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and so this just seems to be a continuation of, of that. Um, I, did, I did note, and oddly... I think I did. I, I felt bad for you last week, but I kind of didn't like it when Chat GP referred to you. GPT referred to you as a compendium. I was a little <laughs> jealous. I was a little jealous. I was like, oh, oh. So I'll so, have to look that word up. Well, it just it means you you know a lot. You, you know oh. a lot. And 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 whereas I, I don't follow the recipe. I just <laughs> I just magically improvise. That's like, right. Like great composers like Mozart and Beethoven. No, wait, they actually wrote yeah, their the, stuff the down. The Mozart of margaritas, the man. Mo- You're the Beethoven <laughs> of Bloody Marys. You know what? And I think that's actually Mozart of margaritas and the Beethoven of Bloody Marys. Those are actually good pairings. Like, I wouldn't say Beethoven of margaritas. No. And the no. Mozart of Bloody Marys. Not just because of the absence of alliteration, but also... Because Beethoven is dark and deep and brooding, and I see Bloody Mary definitely could be that. Yes, and Mozart's yes. bright and energetic and aggressive, and you know, excitable like a margarita. All right, see, see that that Ivy League education coming in handy <laughs> you know, every now and then. That's good yeah. for you, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good old music hum. I, I like went, it. Yeah, I went to some classes before I flunked out. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hanging in there myself. Let's see. Just got back from Santa Cruz and uh, spent the last week on vacation. Uh, we record on a Sunday, so uh, tomorrow's my first day back at work, and I'm sure it'll hit me in the face really hard. But right now, I'm still on vacation and enjoying it. So, uh, you know, but I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah, do it. So... I have a tequila drink tonight mm. uh, that I'm bringing mm-hmm. to the show, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about my first experience with tequila, Oh, uh, which I'll share in, in a moment. But first, mm. do you remember your first experience with tequila? What was it like, and did you enjoy it? 
I don't remember my first experience with tequila. I imagine, and I'm pretty certain that my first experience with tequila was, it was one of two things. It was either tequila shots, you know, and in, in that case, it was probably, you know, Jose Cuervo, and it was probably done with salt and lime. And, you know, I was probably already, um, you know, inebriated, <laughs> right? Yes. I don't remember that for a fact, but I can only assume. Or my first experience was a margarita. And I love margaritas. But I will say this. Whatever the experience was, it wasn't negative. I've never had a negative relationship with tequila. I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, tequila. Oh, man, me and tequila, we don't get along. I mean, maybe that's because you don't know your limits. Okay? And I get Fair. it. Tequila, she's limitless. Right? She has no bound. And partying with her can sometimes make you do things or go places or have more than you should have. And, uh, I mean, that just means tequila's great, not awful. You know, know your limits. Draw the line at three. All right. So my first experience with tequila also... It's kind of a cloudy haze. Yeah. The, my most memorable experience, though, uh, was many years after I'm sure I had my first taste of tequila because I was definitely in my like late 20s at this point when I bought my first house uh, with my wife. Uh, might have even be around 30 at that point. I remember we were clearly in our house, and I think we got this great idea to do like tequila shots. Seems like a great and idea. You're in the comfort and safety of your own home. Exactly. And, you know, and we had just bought like this brand new home of which we really couldn't afford and or barely afford anyway. And uh, and so, you know, we weren't rolling in the dough and, and, and somehow the tequila that I ended up with, I'm pretty sure came in a plastic bottle. Uh Oh, mistake number one. Exactly. And so and I remember we had the, the, the salt and the, the, the lime wedges and it was like, all right, we're going to do this. And so we're like licking and sucking and down in the shots. And the first shot that I hit, I did. It was like drinking gasoline. Like it just I mean, it hit me and I was like. Oh, my. and then my wife, we did it at the same time. So we're both kind of looking at each other like, this is awful. And and we never did shots of tequila again. Like, that was it. That was our one shot. And then, you know, we laughed about it after that, about, <laughs> I remember the, the shots of tequila. And so I just assumed that I didn't really like tequila. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't until many years later that I realized I just don't like bad tequila. And and shocker. so, shocker, exactly, that there's actually differences. And uh, and so tequila and I are friends once again. And, and uh, you know, so I will, I'll have a, an Añejo tequila old-fashioned. I'll, you know, I'll sip a little bit of tequila every now and then. I love my margaritas. I love my tequila. So uh, we have made up. But boy, that uh, that first, like that most memorable experience was definitely due to the fact that I didn't know what that yeah, guy was doing. That stuff you drank wasn't tequila, Matthew. That was tequila's um, evil older brother, Tequilo. Yes. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you, folks. Splurge to get at least off the bottom shelf. Yes. And then make it last by, you know, 
imbibing responsibly. But you know what? You can always lick and suck in the safety of your own home. And that's the important moral that I'm going to take away from that story, Matthew. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, tequila shots, of course. Of course. Of course. So do you know what time it is? Is it that time? It's that time. It's time Time for... Tip of the day! It's time for tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. And today's tip of the day is about substitutions. Because how often have you like, you know, you're going to make a, a, a drink and you've got this recipe and you're like, yeah, I'm excited. And you go to your bar and you realize that you just don't have one ingredient. Every time. This recipe called Every time. That's why I don't follow the recipes like ChatGPT said. Every time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I'm even I I have I, I know that I have a much more extensive bar than than you do, mainly because I have a lot of this stuff that I felt at the early days that you should go out and get when it's the recipe called for it. You had to get it. And 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 since then, I've learned that, you know what? Substituting substitutions are OK. In fact, they can also oftentimes lead to really exciting drinks, you know, and. So, you know, for example, my drink today has a liqueur called creme de cassis, right? And uh, it's, it's prominent in a couple other classic cocktails, which is why I have it. Uh, but I normally probably wouldn't have this. But I probably would have like another like berry liqueur, either like a Chambord or, you know, something like that. So or a creme de mur, which is a blackberry uh, liqueur, you know, something around those lines. You, you know, you can substitute like for like. And so don't be afraid to substitute that kind of thing. You know, um, like, for example, chartreuse, you know, we're, we're I'm, I'm hanging on to my last quarter bottle of chartreuse and I'm like, I don't want to like use it on on just average cocktails or cocktails that I don't know are going to be awesome. So I might like I might use Benedictine instead of chartreuse, you know, another herbally kind of liqueur. So, you know, it's and it's OK. The cocktails turn out fine. I enjoy them. And so you don't feel don't feel like you have to be a slave to the recipe if you don't have something just go ahead and substitute something else chances are you'll like it anyway this is an excellent tip in fact you know it's since we're on the um subject of creme de cassis this is a a liqueur that really in my mind i equate with pancake syrup it is (laughs) it is extremely sweet it is very thick um and um, it, it tastes like uh, cassis is not a berry that that we have here in the United States, or at least not one that we we um, eat extensively. And I can't even remember what if there's an English name for for it. Um, but it's like a kind of like a dark. It's like a little berry, like blue or dark berry. And uh, you know what I might do if I didn't have some creme de cassis and didn't want to run to the store, I might take my blueberry or blackberry syrup and just put a little vodka in it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, make my own little uh, liqueur, uh, poor man's liqueur, and just chuck that sucker in there and see how it does. You never know; you might create your new favorite cocktail. Excellent tip. <laughs> and that's a good point too, because a lot of times when these liqueurs are called for, you can substitute a non-alcoholic syrup. You know that uh, that maybe has the same flavor, uh, same flavor profile. Uh, Falernum, for example is a liqueur that also has a uh, falernum syrup that uh, is non-alcoholic. And sometimes you see them used interchangeably in recipes. Right, so right. that will lower the ABV of your. Uh, yeah. Of your, so you just your, up that yeah. with the other thing, right? right. You just kind of yeah. throw it some more. So, all right. Well, I don't remember whose turn it is to go today, Ben, do you? It's your turn, Matthew. <gasps> well, then I should just keep talking. 
So my cocktail today is called El Diablo. <laughs> and it was originally called the Mexican El Diablo, which is kind of weird because that's like English and Spanish. Uh, but uh, Trader Vic's, you know, he put, it was first made this recipe for one of their uh, restaurants and uh, and and cocktail books. And I guess they weren't fluent in Spanish because it should be El Diablo Mexicano, but instead it was the Mexican El Diablo. And uh, and over time, it has just been uh, the Mexican was dropped, and now it's just El Diablo. And uh, what's in an El Diablo? Well, let me tell you. It's got one and a half ounces of tequila reposado, a half ounce of creme de cassis, three quarter ounces of lime juice, and three ounces of ginger beer. And there are a couple of ways actually to assemble this cocktail. One is that you could do it right in a glass. Uh, you could pour in, for example, what I did with this one is I added the tequila, the lime juice, and the ginger beer to a highball glass. And then I filled it almost to the top with ice. And then I floated the creme de cassis on top. And, and which is kind of cool because it got you know, this bright reddish kind of color as it was kind of pouring down through the ice and all that. And it looked kind of cool. Uh, and then you give it a little stir, stir and it just it's all blended together. Uh, the other way that some people do it is they do the they do the tequila, the creme de cassis and the lime juice and a cocktail shaker with ice. And they shake that and then they strain that into a highball glass with ice and then they top it with the ginger beer. You know, so those are either way, you're going to come up with a really tasty cocktail. So whatever floats your boat. But I kind of like the fact that you can just make it right in the glass. You don't really need to, to dirty up a shaker and get out to do all that kind of stuff. Um, I will say that uh, originally Trader Vic's uh, recipe called for ginger ale and not for ginger beer. Uh, but ginger ale, back in the time that he wrote this uh, recipe, was a little bit stronger. And, and, and so today's ginger beer probably more closely resembles what the cocktail should be. And I have uh, Fever Tree ginger beer in here, and it tastes lovely. Uh, what you get is you get this kind of fruity... Uh, limey, you know, with the ginger all kind of, you know, all blending together. It's a really refreshing drink and falls in line with my summer cocktail uh, journey here. And yes, very refreshing. The lime juice kind of hits you. Uh, but, you know, as the ice kind of melts in there with it. It's just, it just becomes this really kind of berry, almost like a berry flavor. The tequila is just kind of an undernote there. The ginger hits you. It's just, it's a really nice cocktail. It's not very complicated. There's not a lot of complexity to it and layers. It's just really refreshing and tastes wonderful on a hot summer day, uh, which we are in right now. So I'm going to take a big drink while you talk about my cocktail. Well, there's a, a lot of things going on here that, that I do want to talk about, even though this is a relatively simple cocktail, which is nice. I mean, there's really something to be said, especially when you're home cocktail making for a simple but interesting cocktail. I would not call this a tiki cocktail because it doesn't have any rum in it and it doesn't yeah. have any other more rum in it. <laughs> And that's really the primary requirement, right? You got to have a couple of rums at least in your cocktail for it to be true tiki. Well, what I do think is very interesting about the cocktail is the, is the part that you talked about is like how the cocktail is built. 
Mm -hmm. I really like the way that you did it, where you described it first, where you build the cocktail in the glass, in the highball glass. So you fill it with ice and then you add your your tequila, your lime juice and your ginger beer. And and that is the order I would probably do it in. I would I would put the tequila on the bottom. I would put the lime juice on top of that. And then I would top it with with the ginger beer. I mean, primarily because of the carbonation of the ginger beer. I would give that a gentle stir. And then, yes, let the um, probably I would probably put a big straw in there, a long straw in there. Um, not like a boba straw, but, you know, but like a tall, thin straw yeah. in there. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, let the uh, the creme de cassis float on top because it's going to, yeah, it's going to slide down the sides of the glass or even kind of drip down the middle and create this yeah, kind of the glass, cool, through the ice. Yeah, this cool little like kind of rain effect. And uh, it's going to look really cool. And this is like a, a cocktail that you can make for, for guests. And it's kind of it's going to be really pleasing to the eye. Um, and then it gives them something to do. Right. You tell them stir it up and, and drink away. And um, and I, I really think that's a lot more interesting than doing it the second way. And it's no small thing that you're not messing up a shaker when you're making a cocktail at home. So right. <laughs> I think building this in the glass, having the creme de cassis, and then just giving it a gentle stir with your straw, that's enough. I mean, I will say the creme de cassis is a rather thick um, syrup, and that might be a reason why you would choose to shake, because it is not going to... Um, it's not going to become as diffuse throughout the rest of the, the liquids in your beverage um, just by stirring. Uh, but you know what? That's okay. You know, because yeah, then you I'm, get like, I'm not noticing it, to be yeah. honest. So I, I think it's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this sounds really, um, really fun. Uh, I do. Uh, it, oh, and one note about the ginger beer and the ginger ale. Yes, this is definitely true. Ginger ale over the last, you know, few decades has become much less spicy right it is a very mild soda at this point it's like it's it's ginger flavored with none of the spice and uh and ginger beer has really kind of filled that void um the one thing i will say is that ginger the world of ginger beer is very diverse i'm a big fan of ginger beers i like mine both sweet and spicy um but uh, but there's a couple of brands out there that are all popular that kind of run the gamut between spicy and and less spicy. Um, I think uh, Fever Tree is a good compromise. Um, uh, Bundaberg is another one that uh, you might like if you really like the more ginger flavor um, and less being less sweet. Um, I really like Cock and Bull. Mm. which is very sweet and very spicy. I think a lot of people would consider it to be too sweet. But we already know that about me. So anyway, I really like this cocktail, Matthew. It sounds very cool. El Diablo. I don't. I mean, I don't see what's El Diablo about it. Well, I think it's due to the color. Uh, uh, once you've mixed it all in, it's a dark red mm, color mm -hmm. uh, because of the creme de cassis. And so I imagine that's where it came from. I Speaking see. of bright red cocktails, Ben... What are you drinking? Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. Today, I am drinking a cocktail known as a peppermelon. And it is a dark red or bright red cocktail. And I have it garnished with an equally bright red uh, cube of watermelon that has wow, you do. been crusted and crusted with, oop, going the wrong way with black pepper as I am showing to you now on the zoom 
camera. I see that. I was wondering. Was, I thought it was the rind at first, yeah, but no, no, that is black pepper. That is black pepper. And I'll talk about how I made that. Um, this is a cocktail that uh, I went out looking for because I wanted something summery. But I also wanted something just a little bit, you know, you've been doing all these summer cocktails. And I was like, well, what could Ben's spin on the summer cocktail be? And I was like, something with a little bitterness, something with a little bite. And so I went looking for summer cocktails that had, you know, kind of like dark flavors in them. And I was thinking spicy. And through a series of searches, I stumbled across this cocktail that was actually uh, originally created by a gentleman known as H. Joseph Ehrman. He is the owner of the Elixirs Bar in San Francisco. Um, and he has been the owner of that establishment since the early 2000s. This establishment itself dates back all the way to 1858. Oh, wow. Uh, not with that same name. It had changed ownership a number of times, uh, I think 12 or 13 times. Before he he took ownership of it, he goes by H. Um, yeah, and right. uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this cocktail is is his invention, um, and it has in it an ounce and a half of London Dry Gin, so a junipery forward gin, an ounce of watermelon juice, and you make the watermelon juice just by taking fresh watermelon. I bought a whole watermelon and cut it up, and muddled the watermelon in a pint glass until it was completely pulverized. And then I strained out the solids uh, and I used what was left over as my watermelon juice. A uh, watermelon will give up quite a bit of liquid. Um, so this is a very, very easy, simple thing to do. Uh, it then has half an ounce of lemon juice and then three quarters of an ounce of black pepper honey syrup. And I made this um, uh, by uh, uh, roasting and then um, steeping uh, a bunch of black peppercorns in, in hot water. And I then, um, in my particular case, uh, once I had let that steep um, over or simmer for about five minutes, I poured that into... Um, a container, and then I topped it off with water until it reached about half a cup. And um, and then I matched that up with uh, half a cup of honey. And that created my black pepper honey syrup. And does the does the pepper notes come through there? The pepper notes you... really do come through in that. I, I really was kind of surprised. I thought it was going to be just the syrup itself. I thought it was going to be much more peppery forward. It really came off, though. It, it struck me as very similar to a, a black tea with honey kind of flavor. Mm. Right. I didn't get the bite of the black pepper and never having had this cocktail or ever, ever having made another cocktail using this particular method. I don't know if I did that correctly or not. Like, I don't know if I should have steeped or, or simmered the black peppers longer. Maybe I should have cracked them, you know? Um, but, but I definitely did get the pepper flavor out, but what was missing was kind of that, that, that finishing sharpness that you get from, from pepper, right? So it go, so mm -hmm. all of the flavor was there, but it was mis missing that last kind of bite. Um, and maybe, perhaps though, that was missing because of the, the honey. The honey. Uh, 
Um, but it does create a very strong pepper honey flavor, uh, and it is really nice. quite tasty. Um, I, I yeah, think I it's bet. definitely something that I want to explore in other cocktails. Um, it pairs very, very well with gin. Um, so let me just talk about this particular cocktail, finish up the steps. You take uh, you take all of those ingredients, you put them into... So that was three quarters of an ounce of the black pepper honey syrup, if I didn't say the exact measurement. You uh, combine all of those into a shaker with ice. You shake them for 10 to 12 seconds until chilled, and then you double strain into a Nicanora or a coupe um, or other similar stemmed cocktail glass. And then I garnish this with a cube of watermelon, which is about a square square cube. And uh, sorry, a square it is a it's a square cube, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Not a round it's cube? a it's square. a square, but it has some one more dimension which makes it a cube. So therefore it's a cube, <laughs> not a square cube. Got it. It's a Got one it. inch cube that. is what I was trying to say. It's a one inch cube. Uh, and then I took my pepper mill that I've had for twenty five years this week, yeah. this coming week, next week. And uh, I, I, I had a, I put that on a very loose grind. So it means it's doing a really open grind where so the pepper is not coming out super fine, but it's coming out in these large chunks. I ground that into a small bowl until I had enough to just kind of cover the bottom of the bowl. And then I just dipped one side of my cube into that. Um, and uh, it adhered quite nicely. And then I just sliced a little nick in the, in the bottom of the cube and uh, hung that on the rim of my cocktail. And now I'm going to eat it and see what it tastes like. I'm not 100% sure this is going to be good. Yeah, I'm not sure this is a good idea, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Folks, his eyes just got really big. He's chewing a lot. There's the pepper bite, bite I was looking for. Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Pepper. I can't, even, I can't even talk. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I got a lot of pepper on this, folks. But um, that's not what the cocktail is about. The cocktail is actually quite lovely. Um, the, the black pepper flavor and that bite that it's missing really complements well with the juniper notes from your London dry gin. Yeah. And so they pair very, very nicely. The watermelon and the honey are then doing the work to kind of like mellow out all of that very aggressive um, botanicals uh, to create a very sort of well-balanced and sophisticated, but yet at the same time, very light and summery cocktail. Uh, this is a, yeah, this is a really good one. And uh, you, you can tell I didn't invent this one, Matthew. Right. Because <laughs> it's well-balanced and it's really good. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's the Pepper Melon Cocktail by H. Joseph Ehrman. Yeah, well, these, so the London Dry Gin, it seems like that would be, because you know, oftentimes you say, oh, just use any gin that you want. Uh, but it feels like this one really does benefit from the dryness of that London Dry. You're not getting a lot of other competing botanicals. You're just getting that piney kind of note from the juniper yeah. and not like, you know, 50 other, you know, botanicals that uh, some of the uh, local distillers might might right. put in there. So uh, so the, I like that. I think it sounds like a really clean cocktail that has just 
the every flavor is doing its job and has a role uh, that you know it seems to be really well thought out. So um, I love that. I just and that's this black pepper honey is really intriguing to me. And and I would be curious about doing that again with the cracked pepper and see if that gave you a little bit more bite into the the syrup. I have once in the once upon a time in the past been at a bar where they served me a black pepper uh flavored cocktail and it was one of the most amazing cocktails I've ever had uh at a bar. Mm. Uh so it's definitely a flavor that I am intrigued by and I think that's kind of what drew, drew me to this one. This didn't match that in the in the sense of the flavor, but it really is a very very good cocktail. Um so yes, I I I would definitely make this one again. I'm definitely going to continue to experiment with the black pepper pepper honey syrup that I have left over. And the one thing that I will add to this was that making the watermelon juice was such a super simple, easy thing to do. Right. Like and and this can be very labor, low labor. Right. Like go to the grocery store, buy one of those pre-cut watermelon uh, packages and then just muddle that in, in your glass and then strain it. And now you have a, a an additive that can change the flavor of pretty much any cocktail. You want a watermelon margarita? This is how you do it. Just add this. Very easy to do. Much easier than making a syrup of some other berry, which is relatively easy to do. But this is like, this is as easy as it comes. Um, so, yeah. And there you have it, folks. The Peppermelon Cocktail and El Diablo. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, take a picture and send it to us on social media. Or, you know, just write it down in words and tell us. You could also take like a a video and do it on Instagram. But if you're doing a video, you might as well put the cocktail in the video. Which is kind of like taking a picture. Anyway, the point is, folks, (laughs) talk to us on social media. We're there on Twitter, threads, Instagram mastodon still apparently uh and we really enjoy interacting with you and by we i mean matthew um but regardless it really helps the show because other people on social media see you interacting with us and then they're like oh i like that person they're cool who are these cocktail nerds they're talking to and then they come to our show and they listen so that really helps but you know what else also helps matthew tell them Leaving a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. That's right. It really does help. Because Apple only suggests shows that other people like. And you can also just, you can just tell people about us. You know, I, I know by now you've told everybody in your life, go out, make new friends and tell them too. In any event, we'll see you all on Monday when we're drinking these very same cocktails while talking about your San Francisco Giants, who will be scoring lots of runs this coming week. Matthew guarantees it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh. (laughs) Until then, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>